This is Embodied. I'm Rose Mencicano. This series will be an exploration of the relationship between my feelings and my body. How judging and trying to control my feelings has disconnected me from my body, and how judging and trying to control my body has disconnected me from my feelings. And, above all, this series will be about reconnecting. Reconnecting to myself by reconnecting my feelings with my body. But in this episode, I'm going to start with feelings. And that story begins with me on a walk, looping around and around a neighborhood near my house, trying to process. I feel off, but I can't really tell how. I know I'm upset, but in what way? Am I sad? Anxious? Panicked? Rushed? Irritable? I don't really know. My stomach is tense and acidic, and my shoulders feel like rods. I'm taking a walk because walking is one of my favorite ways to process. Regardless of what exactly I'm feeling, I don't feel good. And the worst part is, I don't know why. I need some narrative, some cause and effect, and I need it right now. What is going on? Maybe it was that fight I had with my partner. Everything she said starts to flood into my brain. It's like I'm right back in the fight. My breathing gets even heavier. Well, maybe it wasn't about my partner at all. Maybe it was the new roommate moving into my house. A new energy, a new person in my living space. That could potentially be anxiety-inducing. Maybe you maybe didn't stretch enough. Maybe you feel guilty for that thing you said maybe to your friend. Maybe you're stressed about the sad about that maybe thing you talked about. Maybe, maybe the tension in your jaw maybe is you 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 never know what it is, and you don't know why, and you're just going to be stressed for that thing. I am terrified. So, what happened there? As soon as I started feeling off, I started to judge what I was feeling, which just made me feel a lot worse, really freaked out. I was scared to feel without trying to rationalize what I was feeling. So, instead of focusing on those feelings, I tried to focus on thinking. And what did I want to come from that thinking? I wanted to know exactly why something was wrong so I could fix it. I was seeking a specific cause. But what if it's not that easy? I mean, for hundreds of years, scientists have said it is this easy. And we've been taught that our feelings are triggered by specific causes. That's called the classical view of emotions. Something happens, which activates certain regions of our brain, which creates a feeling. There is a stimulus, and we respond. Simple. Here's an example. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. Now imagine a grocery store. I'm walking down the cereal aisle when I see a stranger approaching me from the other end. They're not wearing a mask. My heart starts racing, and I feel anxious and annoyed. It's instantaneous. Of course I'm upset, they're not wearing a mask. But what if it's more complicated than that? 
The neuroscientist Lisa Feldman Barrett believes none of the classical theory of emotions is true. In her book, How Emotions Are Made, Barrett claims that our brains are actively constructing our emotions all of the time. There's no easy cause and effect. But what does that really mean? Well, one thing it means is that my brain is active all the time, even when I'm sleeping. It's never off, and it can never truly be off because it's in charge of regulating all the systems in my body, including my breathing. And because it has to do so much, it's always trying to regulate and budget its energy. It would be inefficient for my brain to not be doing anything and then leap into action when there's a stimulus. That's not how it works. Instead, it's always trying to predict what's happening and what's going to happen. As it's constantly predicting, it's also taking in sensory input and scanning the inside of my body, all at the same time. So it's not just a stimulus. The external events, the sensory input, those are factors. But my brain's predictions are based on everything that has ever happened to me, everything I have ever been taught, how I was raised, everything I have ever felt. And my brain uses all of that past information to help me predict my environment and make sense of stimuli. Simply put, all that past information is as much a part of constructing how I feel in any given moment as what is actually going on. So all of this is complicated. Here's what it boils down to. The world doesn't only happen to us. We are a large part of creating and predicting our experience of the world. This might be hard to swallow, and that might be because in our day-to-day -day lives, it feels like our emotions are just triggered. That's one reason why scientists and our society have believed in the classical view of emotions for so long. We aren't typically aware of everything our brains do, especially when they do it so fast and all the time. Let's go back to that grocery store example. The person comes at me with no mask, and I'm scared. Of course. But let's rewind and think back to over a year ago, or a few years ago, before the pandemic. I'm in a grocery store and someone walks towards me without a mask on. I don't even think twice about them, but keep browsing the cereal. Why? Because I hadn't yet learned to be fearful of someone not wearing a mask. My brain hadn't adapted to tell me that other people were dangerous when they behave in this way. Everything I've learned about COVID-19, everything I've read in the news, my friends' and family's reactions, the way I was raised, where I grew up, my current anxiety levels, these all impact my reaction in the store. Okay, so the constructed view of emotions reminds me that there is no easy cause and effect with feelings. Feelings are complex, generated from years of experiences, not just whatever is happening in the present moment. But what does that really do for me? Why does it matter? Does this mean I'm always overreacting to what's happening? Does this mean my feelings are wrong or not important? No, definitely not. 
There isn't one set way everyone should react to an environment, a person, or a situation, because none of these things have inherent affect. Every single one of us might react to a situation differently based on our past experiences, our bodies, and our brains. That's not to say that there aren't inappropriate behaviors or actions, but right now I'm talking about feelings. Feelings are different than behaviors. And my fearful feeling in the grocery store wasn't wrong. Feelings are never wrong or right. Feelings simply are, and they are always valid. And what the constructed view of emotions shows me is that my feelings are a combination of so many factors. They're not merely telling me something about an object or an experience. They're not telling me that a person without a mask on is inherently scary. They're telling me way more. Way more about my past, my fears, and my beliefs. And also about the time and place I live, about the society I'm a part of. So, feelings are actually really important. And if I'm able to accept them, they can help me figure out what I need or if something needs to change. So, how can I both recognize and respond to the importance of my feelings without clinging to them and overthinking and feeling so much fear? That brings me back to my walk. Okay, I feel upset and I'm overthinking. Now that I understand there's no simple cause and effect, I'm able to better acknowledge the fact that my overthinking is an attempt to protect myself from my feelings. And instead of judging myself for that, I feel a heat in my chest, a kernel of self-compassion. It's hard to feel these things, and I'm scared to feel them. Of course my mind wants to protect me, wants to regain a sense of control. But I'm beginning to learn that the panic I feel when I overthink actually feels far worse than letting myself feel whatever I'm feeling. When I overthink, it feels like I'm clinging to my feelings. Everything is heavy because my distress is cause for self-criticism, judgment, panic, and shame. I'm being so hard on myself all the time. But I have another choice. I can learn to touch in on my distress without judgment. And letting go of overthinking helps me embody my feelings. Pima Chodron, the well-known American Buddhist nun, calls these feelings a vital pulsing energy. She reminds us that we should never underestimate our desire to run from discomfort, but that we can forgive ourselves for this. We can forgive ourselves for being human. For years, I've thought that being emotionally mature meant having a big vocabulary for talking about my feelings and being able to tell exactly what those feelings were right away. Now I'm changing my definition. I think being emotionally mature isn't only about eloquence, but is also about acceptance. That acceptance helps me move through my feelings with more grace, understanding that whatever I'm feeling will pass. So now, instead of feeling panic about my feelings, instead of rushing to figure out the narrative in an attempt to control them, I'm learning to slow down. I pay gentle attention to what my feelings are. I let myself feel my simmering stomach and my tense shoulders. I let myself feel my grief and my fear and my sadness. <laughs>
Instead of letting my distress harden me, I choose to soften. I hold myself gently, and I return to my body. You've been listening to the first episode of Embodied. I started here by talking about my feelings and how I'm feeling now. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about how I feel about my body, which means I'm going to have to take you back in time. <laughs>